Hello there, and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. And today's guest is a very well-known former politician. It's a pleasure to welcome Mary O'Rourke. And Mary, your pieces of music are wonderful. And you go back to your... Was, is it your, your youth, in fairness, to describe your first piece of music? To describe Raglan Road, yes. Well, it does. Um, I actually, we used to go in, I went to UCD in the old Earlsford Terrace, and we used to go to a pub across in Lower Lisa Street, if you wanted coffee or a beer or whatever. And Patrick Havner used to sit there in on a bench, and we'd all say, hello, and how are you? And he kind of grunt, grunt at us, you know. Well, anyway, life went on then, and I... Uh, went to college and then I became a teacher and I was teaching the poetry of Patrick Kavanagh which was absolutely beautiful and I still think that I think he's a marvellous poet but then um, I then during this period in the last number of years I found out the whole story of Patrick Kavanagh when um, in 74 Luke Kelly sang Raglan Road and it's a beautiful song as you know mm. absolutely magnificently sung and the words are so haunting and so personal and it's really a love poem put to music so um, then I, I heard the story about it uh, Patrick Havana met Hilda Moriarty as she was from Dingle a doctor's daughter and she was up at UCD studying medicine and she met Patrick Kavanagh along Raglan Road, which is there around, as you know, where it is in Inner Dublin. And he fell for her big time and they started going out together. Now, he was a penniless, brilliant poet. And she was a lovely young woman studying medicine. So there you have it. Anyway, she took him home to Dingle for Christmas to meet her family. And her father was the GP there. And... He didn't approve at all. He thought he thought that uh, Patrick Kavanagh was um, sort of brilliant, but has no prospects and was a lot older than her. So he told her to go back to Dublin and to study and to get her medicine, get her medical degree, which she did, and she broke off with Kavanagh. Mm. And that's all told in the words of the song, which is beautiful. So... Um, she she married in in time Don O'Malley, who became the great minister for education, who opened up second level education for every child in Ireland. So that's the whole story, as I know it, mm-hmm. of Patrick Kavanagh and Hilda and Raglan Road and Luke Kelly and all of that. And it is a most wonderful love song. Yeah, virtually every line in it is powerful, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, I, how does it begin? It begins on Raglan Road of an autumn day. Autumn day. I, I saw, saw her once first and I knew that her dark hair would weave a snare that I might one day rue. Yeah. And of course he did. Uh, he did rue it. And then it went on to, and then when she came by in November, hurriedly walking by and didn't stop. 
Yeah. And he knew he knew it was all over. He knew the love, and I'd say he genuinely loved her, really, really loved her. So even the line her, where he says, "Mary, uh, let," gr- and I said, "Let grief be a falling be a leaf power, at the dawning of the day." At the dawning of the day, you can imagine he had sleepless nights thinking yeah. of her and been out then and talking with her and everything. So the whole thing is a, a really good love story, beautifully sung by Luke Kelly. You saw Hilda Moriarty around the place, did you? I did, yes, because I was teaching then. we come on some years and Don O'Malley was down in Athlone opening uh, St. Paul's Primary School, a new primary school. So I was chatting to him. I know I wasn't in politics, but I introduced myself to him. And he said, come out and meet Hilda. She's in the car. We're on the way to uh, Limerick. They lived in Limerick. Mm. So I walked with him out to the car and there she was with her raven hair she was a beauty she really was a beauty and she was sitting in the car waiting for him and so we had a few minutes of chat and they took off now so I mean I had a full round of the whole story of Raglan Road and and Mary was 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 the poem an established famous poem at this stage like was that embarrassing for Hilda when the Raglan Road poem came out, mm-hmm. I don't know whether it was. I think it was Luke Kelly who made it public property. You know, once he sang it, I mean, he he was a super singer, as you know, hearing this song. And once he made it an everyday love song, mm-hmm. I think then people began to find out all about it. So I don't know, but obviously she fell in love with Don O'Malley and married and they had a family and that all worked out very good, except that poor Donna died very early in life, as you know. Mm-hmm. He was kind of truncated, cut off very early. Yes. Well, you, well you have the powerful passion of Kavanagh's words and then the powerful passion of Luke Kelly's voice. It's so mixed... Oh. Oh, it's some mix because Luke Kelly had a voice like no other and Kavanagh's words were like no other because they were born of really deep love for this dark-haired beauty, the Kerry beauty that he met walking the streets of Dublin as she came from her medical studies and he was ambling along, I suppose, thinking of what he'd write next or where he'd get the next pint or nice glass of whiskey. I don't know. But they they met and he fell in love. Now, I'm sure she had a certain amount of love for him too, or she wouldn't have brought him home to Dingle. But, um, yeah, that's the way it ended. It was sad in its own way, wasn't it? Mm. Now, Mary, you said when you met... Hilda, who featured in that song, you weren't in politics, but you were to come into politics and you you were from such a strong political family. That's right. I later on, not too long, I'd say, after I met um, that with that meeting with Don O'Malley and Hilda, I went into local politics. I went into the town council and later the county council and later went for the dog and after... Um, uh, one or two tries, I made it in, and then I went on in politics. Yes, so that was my life, if you like. Uh, but it yeah. was, Mary, was it tough for women to go into politics at that stage? 
Well, you see, people keep saying that to, saying that to me. I know, weren't you great? You broke the glass, glass ceiling. Mm. I think that's kind of silly talk. Because, you see, I always felt when I got elected, I was a woman, right? And, and the man, the next county got elected and he was a man. But we were both very equal because there is only one way you can get into Dorlaeran and that's by the voice of the people. You have to be elected. So that didn't make me any inferior or make the guy who got elected any the better. We were both the same. So I never found it uh, that, you know, my, my being a woman made it any more difficult at all. No. But were you, were you treated equally by some of the men, your peers? Well, I was, yes. I, 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 I always felt that I was. You know, okay, you might be an odd term around cabinet and you'd have brought something to cabinet and Charlie Hawhey would be giving it very tough scrutiny and I'd catch a smirk on one of my, <laughs> one of my male pals at, at a cabinet. But no, they didn't express it, no. They'd like to have maybe seen me take down a peg or two, take him down a peg or two, but it didn't happen. And no, I can't say I ever... Now, the one thing I did find... Uh, difficult. The first day I went into the door, there, now there's people to bring you, the newcomers around and show them where everywhere is and I couldn't find the woman's bathroom, the woman's toilet. I saw no sign and the, there were all male ushers rushing around. So anyway, I kept poking and poking and I found it in the end, yes. <laughs> but but I always feel my, say even when you stood for the, the Urban Council in Athlone or whatever, Yes, yes, yeah. In, in politics, you're really putting yourself out there. I mean, it's you're bearing yourself to the, the whims of the public if you don't get elected or whatever. Oh, you are, of course. I mean, but that's part of politics, Des, that you you expect the bad time as well as the good times. Mm. So, yes, I remember my first town council elections going around and around and you'd have to introduce yourselves at the door, you know, and all that. And a couple of doors. I had begun teaching um, in Athlone in a secondary school and the child would come to the door and she'd say, Mammy, Mammy, it's the teacher, it's the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I did. And I didn't get a very big vote. I got a medium kind of a vote. But I was very happy to get in, very happy. And it was the beginning of my odyssey, if you like, a sort of a journey in politics. Yes. And had you the children at that stage? Uh, yes, I had two very young children. I think Angus was five and Fargal, that would have meant Fargal was five and four, nine. Mm. Yes, and Angus, we, we had a, a troublesome uh, urban councillor. He was a, a great guy, but he was old-fashioned and always causing trouble. And I used to be having rows with him. And then I became chairman of the town council and I had a big row with them. And Angus used to say at night to Enda, I'm not going to bed till Mammy comes home to see how she got on with Mr. Y. <laughs> <laughs> and Enda said, oh, you know, she got on OK. So, yeah, everything went all right. Yeah. 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 And do you look back fondly on, on your time at the doll? I, oh, I do, yes. I don't have regrets at all. In fact, when I lost the seat in the famous 2011, when we were all usurped, I remember feeling, ah, look here, the, the electorate of Longford Westmeath were very good to me. So um, I'm not going to be cribbing and sighing and moaning. No, I'd had a great run of it, mm. Des, and uh, I felt they had been 
supportive of me and I of them. So, no, I parted in that vein, in that fashion. Yeah. And, and when you look back on, on your years in the Doll Mary, what, what are the standout moments? Well, the standout moments, I don't know. I, they were all standout, I suppose. You know, there was uh, when Charlie Hawhey left politics and who came in then, and then there was the uh, Fianna Fáil making the arrangement with the Progressive Democrats, or they were never going to coalition. Never, never, never. Yeah. And then Charlie went out and did the deal, and Porrick Flynn and Albert Reynolds had been saying they would not ever go into politics, go away, form a coalition government. But then we did with the Progressive Democrats, and the world didn't end. Mm-hmm. So so uh, I often think of that. I think it was the right way to go at the time. We weren't going to have another election. Kind of echoes of what's happening now, except it's kind of much wider sure. and more se- more serious now. Yes. And and how did you find Charlie Hoy? Well, I found him fine. You see, if you worked hard at your job. Charlie was fine to you. Now, I never would have been part of his inner circle or clique, but I found him okay, fine. I got on well with him and he with me. Mm. Of course, you're the family dynasty and and your second piece of music uh, is about Brian Lenhan Jr., Oh, it is. That's the uh, song of uh, the West Awake. Mm -hmm. And it's a lovely song. You see, I'm everyone... You're, when you live in Athlone, if you live west of the River Shannon, you're a Connacht woman. Yeah. And uh, I was brought up west of the River Shannon, so I'm a Connacht. We are all we are all Connacht people. But uh, so Brian used to sing when he would have a few drinks. Uh, he would sing uh, the West Awake. It's a lovely song. Great it's a kind of an it's kind of an anthem to the West of Ireland. But um, he, uh, I have a particular nice memory of him. Um, he was down. My father had a sailboat, sailing boat in the Lockery Yacht Club, which got a very out uh, long past its time, and they did it up, and it was going to be launched. And they asked Brian to come down and launch it. This was August of 2010. Now, if you remember, he was um, he had been told about the pancreatic cancer. He had been told he'd a very limited life ahead of him. But he was in pretty good form, so he came down to launch the boat. And I have lovely photographs and lovely memories of that time. And that night then, we uh, we all went out, uh, Brian and... and um, the, ch- the children and and his wife and some of our friends. We went to a local uh, hotel and restaurant for a meal, and uh, they were asking Brian, would he sing the West Awake? Now there were other people in the restaurant, and Brian didn't want to sing it, but he said the words, the full words of the song, to us all around, and I've I've such a good memory of that, and he was in such. Good Nick. Do you know that we all thought, do you know he might make it? Mm-hmm. You, you know, there, he, he was at that period, but he died the following June, June the 10th, but, and he never came out of it, as you know. But um, 
I'm thinking of all they they were going through now, and in the beginning they were saying it was like the recession of two north north eight, but now they're all saying oh not at all, it's far far worse, which it is, which it is. But anyway, so the West a week, it's a great song mm. because it 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 it, it sort of praises Connacht and all that part of Ireland which for so long had been under the thumb of Cromwell and then later on had been run down economically. But of course, it's not anymore now. It's it's great, Galway and Mayo and the, the Wild Atlantic Way, all of that has meant so much to the West of Ireland. Yeah. But the, the West's Awake is a great song of that of that place and of that time. A, a brilliant rallying song. And do you, you just mentioned it there. Do you think... That whole, when the economy crashed, did that take its toll on young Brian? Well, of course it did. But he had, I don't think uh, he got the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer within a few months. No, I don't think that uh, that must have been, I don't know what word you use, sort of incubating, you know, Mm -hmm. for some time. Because he was only a few months in the job when he began to feel, he went, he didn't feel well and he went to a doctor in the matter and they diagnosed it very quickly. And uh, they also diagnosed it couldn't be remedied by operation because it was at the tip head of it. And if they did it, it would it would be disastrous. Anyway, they, there was no remedy for it. And yet today still, pancreatic, pancreatic cancer is a killer among the cancers. They have found cures for this and that of cancer, but there's no cure for that. You have a death wish. Just on that, I sense from how you speak of him, you and Brian Lennon Jr. had a, had a close link. Oh, very, very. I thought very highly of him. You see, when he was young and when they lived in Athlone, when Brian and Dan had their young family in Athlone, uh, then Brian was going to move to Dublin, which he did. But before he went, they enrolled uh, Brian, young Brian, in Dublin and um Anne went up to visit the rector and all that and talked to him and it's Belvedere it was and he said now the only thing Mrs. Mrs. Lenehan when young Brian comes in in first year he will have the boys who are coming in from the national school the primary school in um, will have done Latin and French and Anne came home and she said to me would I teach Brian Latin that summer I had been teaching Latin. Nobody does Latin now, as we know. But anyway, I came, Brian used to come down every, about twice a week to me to do the Latin. Long man's Latin grammar. It's the textbook for all teachers of Latin. And um, he was, I can see him yet across the table. He was a very good student. So good he was, Des, that he'd have, we'd do a chapter a day and I would have gone over the chapter well the night before, as every, every, any teacher would. But, um, then he'd say, oh, we'll go on to the next chapter, we'll go on. <laughs> and I wouldn't have done it enough intensely. So I said, ah, no, no, we'll go over this one again. But anyway, he was a great student. And when he went to, up to Belvedere to first year, he was very pleased, or they all were pleased with him. He was one of the best in the class at Latin. 
So I, so from then on, I took a great interest in Brian and he in me. Yeah. Yes. It's a lovely mm. memory, lovely memory. Oh, lovely, yeah. yes. Tell me this, Mary, when people reflect on uh, the year of politics, and you were there and the crash came, and the public in yes. Ireland were slow to forgive some politicians, but you were never caught up in that. There's a love for Mary O'Rourke that transcends all of that. Yes, I know. I I don't know how that is. But, uh, oh, yeah, I... I Oh, well, I always spoke out. I always speak up and speak out, I suppose, and maybe that's it. And then people did have a liking for Brian Jr. and indeed Brian Sr. in his day too. They just thought that Brian, Brian was levelled. He levelled with the people. I remember a very good interview he gave Sean O'Rourke on the day after New Year's Day in which he laid out exactly what he had what, what uh, length of life he thought he would have. And I think people in any walk of life appreciate if you're front up and open. Mm. And that's the way he was, yeah. Mm. But I've been lucky in political life. I've made friends and I'm still making friends. You're great, yeah. you're great. Your, your third musical choice, Mary, is Leonard Cohen. Oh, Leonard Cohen. I just love his singing. And I thought my two first choices were what, what might be termed old-fashioned. But I like Leonard Cohen. I like his singing. I like all about him, the story about him. And I think he had such a long life, such a wonderful voice, but it's in its own way, such a sad life. You know, he had so long Marianne, and yet he had a lover for years and years, but it never came to anything. And he had a very true voice. I love the song I've picked. Can I say it? Yes, yes of course. It's, it's Hallelujah. And now it's very appropriate at this time of the year because it's kind of Easter time and the Lord has risen. So it's it's of that kind of nature, you know. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And he sings it and it's full of biblical connotations as well. Samson and Delilah and Keith David and all of those connotations. You can Make what you like out of Hallelujah. You can take whatever you want out of it. But it's it's a song of yearning, real yearning. And all of um all of Leonard Cohen's life was of yearning, I think, singing and yearning. And then he went all too quickly in the end. But a wonderful voice. And when he would come on his Irish tours, I never got to see him. But I followed all about him and I always thought he was some person and some singer and Alleluia is, everyone loves Alleluia, even very young people you'll hear them wanted to play it and have it sung, so I think it's for the time of year for Eastertide, it's a, it's a kind of a good choice. Yeah and it's still as you say, an anthem type song which not unlike The West's Awake in its own way. Yes, in its own way it's not unlike The West's Awake, it's a kind of an anthem song, as was um, Luke Kelly with Raglan Road. You see, in each of those three cases, it's the singer and the words that matter. Yeah. You know, in, in, in certainly in Raglan Road, the singer Luke Kelly, the words Patrick Kavanagh, in the West Awake, they'll rise up again, they will, it's that spirit. And that's all caught up in the song. Johnny McAvoy, he sings it again. He was full of yearning as well. And his whole life has been kind of a constant search for that himself. Then, hallelujah, such a triumph, such a triumph 
of a song. And that's it's kind of bringing a conclusion to my three choices. Mary O'Rourke, thank you very much for joining us. Lovely to talk to you, Des. Thanks, Mary. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.